This is Planetary Radio. We start today's Planetary Radio with uh, Bruce Betts, a little bit out of order. He will return for What's Up in the Trivia Contest later in today's show, as he always does. But, uh, Bruce, you wanted to share some news with the audience before we uh, talk to the student astronauts. I do, indeed. First, let's talk a little bit about the update on the Spirit rover. Most people are probably tracking this. If they're listening to this, you can find out more at planetary.org. But Spirit is happy and healthy, and it's uh, down on its all six wheels and ready to roll off the lander in the next two or three days uh, after the airing of this show. So that's good. And then I have some announcements that uh, regarding the Planetary Society is on Mars. We have our DVD that Planetary Society, along with the Lego Company, paid for is on the Spirit Lander and sitting there, and we've got beautiful images on our website. carries 4 million names of people who wanted to send their names to Mars. And it has the picture of Biff Starling, our astrobot extraordinaire, first astrobot on Mars, in the middle of the DVD. And Biff has sent back a secret coded message, which is around the outside of the DVD. People can go to our website, planetary.org, to read Biff's always exciting diaries and to try to crack the secret code, decode a message for Mars at planetary.org. It's tricky, it's challenging, but you'll get a spiffy certificate if you do it, and a number of randomly selected people who decode it correctly will receive prizes such as Lego Mars kits and Planetary Society memberships, so give it a try. There's other fun stuff too, man. Go on. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to talk shortly to our first two student astronauts, so I won't belabor that other to mention that they are doing journals of their time and mission operations at JPL, and that will continue through the next couple months with 16 student astronauts from 12 countries. They are also processing the images of the calibration target for the main camera, which also can be used as a sundial, and that also can be found on our website. So basically, we also have a lot of, we have all sorts of good stuff on the website right now, spirit coverage, we also have Stardust coverage after their successful fly-through of a comet, great stuff on secret codes you can crack, astronauts, student astronauts, and if that weren't enough, President Bush is expected to make an announcement regarding the future of human spaceflight. You can also find coverage of that and commentary on our website, planetary.org. I'm sure that uh, statement that's expected from President Bush will make it into our show next week that begins airing on the 19th. To wrap up this conversation about the latest on spirit, this is really an unprecedented level of uh, public participation in a mission. You're right. And all of these things are, are unique and, as you say, are unprecedented in uh, planetary exploration. This is only the second privately funded hardware on a spacecraft, the DVD. The first was the Planetary Society's Mars Microphone on Mars Polar Lander. The student astronauts are the first general public selected through an international contest to be working inside mission operations. And Biff Starling, of course, the first astrobot to ever fly on a planetary mission. Bruce, can we uh, pick up with you again in about uh, 20 minutes? I look forward to it. Bated breath. (laughs) That'll be what's up. Uh, When Bruce uh, Betts, the Director of Projects for the Planetary Society, will rejoin us and we'll have the uh, trivia contest results. Bruce, I'll talk to you then. Okay. As you just heard from Bruce, not only has Spirit arrived at Mars, but the student astronauts are arriving at the Jet Propulsion Lab near Pasadena, California.
16 of them will be coming from all over the world in the next couple of months. The first two of these talented young people have just finished their experience as members of the Mars Exploration Rover Team, an experience you can read about in their own words at planetary.org, the Planetary Society's website. American Courtney Dressing actually celebrated her 16th birthday at JPL. Rafael Marzowski is also 16, and though it may be hard to tell from his excellent English, he is from Brazil. They joined us a few days ago at Planetary Society headquarters, just a few miles from JPL, where they've been putting in some long Martian days working on projects, including Spirit's Mars Sundial. Courtney, Rafael, welcome to the Planetary Society. Thanks. And welcome to Planetary Radio, more important, I guess. (laughs) You've been having a heck of a time, haven't you? Yeah, it's been great. It's been really cool. This is now, as we're speaking, I think it's what, Soul 5? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. Soul 5. And, of course, we're talking about Martian days. Right. And you guys are sort of on Martian time, Courtney? We're sort of on Martian time, but we also do things during the day. Tomorrow we're going to the press conference, so that's at 9 in the morning, which is part of a normal schedule. But then we're also working during the night from around 10 p.m. to 4 in the morning. So in short, we're not getting much sleep, but it's a lot of fun. (laughs) And you have a lot of company because, I guess, Raphael, the whole team is now running on Mars time. Yes, that's, that's, that's right. Um, we, we usually go to the science assessment room, and we also had a lot of scientists over there. And they're always working late at night, and you always have <laughs> lots of people there. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And this still, the excitement, the excitement must be at such a high level that people, when people are there at JPL, people on the Spirit Rover team, I, I don't imagine anybody looks sleepy. No. No. It's amazing. Even at 3 a.m. in the morning, they're all very awake and alert and happy to be there. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, I envy the two of you, and a lot of other people envy the two of you, because you are two of only 16 young people who uh, rose to the top in the student-astronaut competition. And there were hundreds and hundreds of applicants. And I think uh, even just looking at the finalists, I think if I remember correctly, there were 63 finalists. How did you find out that you were actually to become a student astronaut? Well, it was my brother that saw on the internet, and he was at work, mm-hmm. and he called my my home, my mother, my mother that uh, picked up the phone, and then she told me, "Fine, you're in the co- you, you won the contest. That's, yeah. that's great." So when you picked yourself up off the, off the floor, uh, what did you? <laughs> yeah, I started jumping and <laughs> laughing, and I, I actually didn't remember. I was pretty excited. You are one of the student astronauts who uh, is is from outside the United States. You're from Brazil, right? That's right. Uh, where in Brazil? It's in the, in the south. Is a city called Curitiba. And I think, you know, I'm going to forget the number, but I believe that everybody's coming from 12 different countries, five different continents uh-huh. around yeah. the world. Courtney, you're an American. Yes, I am. And I come from near Washington, D.C., which actually in Alexandria, Virginia, which is just south. So you still came a long ways. Yes. To get here? Not as far as Raphael. <laughs> how, did, how did you get the good news? My mom found out first, and everyone else in my family found out before I did. I was at school, and then when I came home, my mom said, Courtney, I want you, I want you to take a look at this email. <laughs> so I went over, and I looked at the email, and I saw that I had been selected. <laughs> it was great. Wow. Did people know, did like your friends know that you were in this competition and you were waiting to hear? 
Um, yes, uh, I told my friends, and they were pretty all excited. And yeah. when I told them, then fine, uh, finally, uh, well, I'm in the contest. I'm, I won the contest. You know, they were pretty excited too. What kind of uh, party did they throw you as you left? I mean, did people come to the airport to see you off? Yeah, some, some friends they went to the airport, but now I'm on holidays in Brazil. I'm on holidays now, so most people were in the beach. <laughs> so I didn't have, I just have a couple of friends there, but they were pretty fine. Courtney, how about you? Did, did were your friends pretty excited? They were very excited. They've been demanding up-to-date news reports pretty frequently. So I'll be sure to tell them everything that happened when I got when I get back. You mean they're now reading your journals? Oh, they are, but they want more information. <laughs> <laughs> you must be saving some stuff oh, for your yes. friends that you're not putting on the Planetary Society of website. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, when you're comfortable, you'll tell our audience all that stuff, I'm sure. I'm just, That's right. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Writing um, a book. <laughs> That's good. Hey, listen, yeah. this may lead to that, right? Bestseller. Well, you got to start that book by talking about why you guys were interested in doing this in the first place. I mean, why did you want to enter this contest and get this shot at uh, at coming to JPL, Raphael? Um, well, actually, I was always interested in science, and my brother uh, read about the contest on the Internet, and then he told me, and, wow, it's pretty exciting. So um, I'm, I'm going to going for, go for it. Um, I'll write my essay and all that. And uh, I like a lot of uh, space science, biology, and all this stuff. Science is something that's really great. I like studying science a lot. But space is a particular interest? Not really a particular interest. Mm. I, actually, I have lots of different interests. I'm not really sure what what, what um, I prefer, but I, I really enjoy space science. It's no, really interesting. No particular area of science, biology, geology? Not, no, not really. I like <laughs> all of them. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Listen, you're certainly not at a point where you need to decide yet. Courtney, I've read that uh, not only are you interested in scientists, but you want to you wanna go. You want to be up there. I do. But what working on this mission has taught me is that I don't necessarily have to be an astronaut to experience space exploration firsthand. I could work at JPL or with the Planetary Society or in any field that has to do with space exploration and still be very happy. So I'm not sure exactly what I want to do with space science, but I think that right now I'm leaning towards planetary sciences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Raphael, we didn't get a chance to say, I mean, is this, you were a student astronaut, would you also jump at the chance to be a real one? Yeah, probably. I think it's a, it's a pretty cool intro, um, field of science. That mm-hmm. I, f- I feel really amazed when, you know, I was there and when Spirit landed. It was re- really cool. It was it was whoa. It was, it was awesome. I think it's, yeah. it's a, I, I like it a lot, and probably I would... Maybe try to do something, maybe work with it in the future. That's, that's possible. We're going to get to, uh, maybe after the break, we'll talk more about what you're actually up to at JPL because you are part of the science team during the time that you're here in town, as will be the other student astronauts as they come into uh, Pasadena. But let's talk about all the stuff that's gone on around this. Both of you in your journals, which are online at planetary.org, have talked about the amazing level of attention you've gotten. You've gotten what? Let's see. CNN has interviewed you. NBC, <laughs> Canadian Broadcasting, or some documentary makers. This yeah. is. Have you ever had this kind of attention, Courtney? No. <laughs> no never. Definitely not. <laughs> so uh, have you gotten used to uh, the press attention and being interviewed like you are now, Raphael? Mm, no. No? I'm, I'm, I still get very nervous when I'm going to have an interview. I still get very nervous. Courtney? I don't think I'll ever be used to some, being someone people actually want to interview. I still see myself <laughs> as a regular high school student. Yeah. But it's getting easier. I'm getting more used to being interviewed. It still doesn't feel normal. Well, and I'm guessing that the two of you 
uh, fair or not, are getting more attention than the other students might get uh, because you're the first. You're the first ones in town. Mm-hmm. Have you met or talked to or traded email with or instant messaged with the other uh, student astronauts, Rafael? Um, not yet, but I think I'm going to ask Emily for their emails. And then I think I'm going to send some emails for them. Seems to me you guys might have a lot to offer be, uh, in helping yeah. them prepare for the experience. Yeah, the two of us were thinking about either writing a letter to everyone else or even making a short video about being a student astronaut. <laughs> what a great idea. What a terrific <laughs> idea. Yeah, so that's something we can put on the website as well. <laughs> you have how long here in Pasadena or at JPL? Um, we started the started, uh, 13th. Oh. No, 13th. You got here the 30th, then I got here the 29th, and uh-huh. our last yeah, working right. day is Saturday, January 10th. Okay, that's right. And then it's back home. To, Actually, to I'm going to spend a little, uh, some some days here, and just seeing some sightseeing. Go to Disneyland. Go to Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> Skiing, maybe. I don't know, Disneyland may be a letdown after JPL during the landing <laughs> of the spirit, so we'll see. Yeah, maybe. Um, let's go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, let's talk about your actual work as, as student astronauts and who you're working with and how you're getting it done. Uh, we are talking with uh, Raphael and Courtney, the first two of the 16 student astronauts uh, to come to California to participate in the Mars Exploration Rover mission. We'll be right back. This is Buzz Aldrin. When I walked on the moon, I knew it was just the beginning of humankind's great adventure in the solar system. That's why I'm a member of the Planetary Society, the world's largest space interest group. The Planetary Society is helping to explore Mars. We're tracking near-Earth asteroids and comets. We sponsor the search for life on other worlds, and we're building the first-ever solar sail. You can learn about these adventures and exciting new discoveries from space exploration in the Planetary Report. The Planetary Report is the Society's full-color magazine. It's just one of many member benefits. You can learn more by calling 1-877-PLANETS. That's toll-free, 1-877-752-6387. And you can catch up on space exploration news and developments at our exciting and informative website, planetarysociety.org. The Planetary Society, exploring new worlds. Planetary Radio returns with our special guest this week. They are the first two of the 16 student astronauts who over the next couple of months or a little more will be coming to Pasadena to the Jet Propulsion Laboratory as actual participants on the science team for the Mars Exploration Rovers. Very exciting stuff. Courtney Dressing and Rafael Morozowski are their names, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit now about what you're actually up to at JPL. The key to this, and what really has never happened before, as I understand it, is that you guys are not just, you know, those kids who have to stand in the back. You're actually getting to work with the scientists and engineers who are making this mission happen. Uh, Rafael, am I right? Yeah, that's right. We go. We usually go to the science assessment room, so they have pretty, uh, lots of scientists talking about the mission and have different kinds of scientists. They have geologists and people working with with uh, some instruments, APXS, most power, and things like and, that. And, uh, what is the uh, APXS? You may have to explain. I know you may. You don't have to remember what it stands for, but it's the Alpha Proton X-ray Spectrometer. Very good. <laughs> there will be a quiz. <laughs> Um, and and then uh, the MOS power is another type of spectrometer, I believe. That's right. Okay. And then they they go talking about the, the mission, and we go just looking and, and looking at the talking talking, and then we make some questions. Hey, what's this? What this means? And 
what about this picture? What what you can see about, uh, that's interesting in this picture? And they go telling us things about the mission. And so it's pretty interesting. So take some notes, and then after we write our journals. Courtney, anything to add? Nothing except that it's a lot of fun to hear the scientists talk about what they think the different things in the images mean. Yesterday I sat through a presentation about how we could have gotten so many different types of rocks at Gusev Crater mm -hmm. with the angular rocks and the round rocks. And it's fun to be able to learn all the different views behind that and all the hypotheses that could explain it. You guys have got to be the youngest people in the place, right? What is the attitude of the scientists and, and the engineers toward you? Because, I, you know, you might think that some of them would say, oh, you know, who let these kids in here? <laughs> have you seen any of that or how, how are you treated? No, they are very nice always. They are always very nice, I think. Um, we, we go ask them questions that are always very um, polite to us. It's pretty they're yeah. pretty good. Yeah, really open, Courtney? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's right. They're very busy, but they still take the time to say hi to us if they notice us looking over their shoulder or explain something. Mm -hmm. So have you been there as some of the images have come in and the scientists have started to examine them and say, let's figure this out? Yes, we were there when the first images came in. It, it was incredible because you could see the folders filling up with images. And I was amazed mm. at how quickly the folder filled up. We'd get one image, and then two or three seconds later, there would be another image to look at. Mm -hmm. It was great. So, Raphael, what was it like to be among all the scientists as they started to you know, point to, look at that rock over there. <laughs> oh, God, that one must be so-and-so. I mean, is that, was that what you were hearing? Um, yeah, it's it's um, when you have the scientists talking about the the rocks and angular rocks and as Courtney said, angular rocks and round rocks, um, you, you have to pay a lot of attention because lots of some of them has some hypothesis about why this rock is that that shape or hmm. uh, maybe it has some kind of different composition, and then you have to pay a lot of attention because they all, always go talking a lot and. I bet they, they can't wait, I imagine, yeah. to, to crawl off of the uh, the base and go over and start examining some of those rocks up close. No. Yeah. And hopefully on Sol 10, we'll be able to do that. So that's, uh, that's still the plan right now, that it will be about 10 days before the lander actually gets off and starts rolling around on uh -huh. its own. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> what are you hearing uh, at this point? And, and, of course, this is a few days before the radio show will actually be heard. But at this point, everything's... A-OK, -okay, as we used to say, right? Perfect health? Yeah, it's great. There was actually a problem with one of the spectrometers during the flight, but now it's fine and it's working well again, which is great because now we have both spectrometers working, both the alpha proton X-ray spectrometer and the Mossbauer spectrometer. So we can use information from both of those to help determine the composition of the rocks. Which is good news, but you know what else I heard, which is maybe the best thing I've heard? You said we. We have both spectrometers working, so I mean, you really are part of the team, I suppose. That's right. <laughs> Raphael, were you around when um, there started to be some of this talk, which has been in the news, about this soil that looks has been compared to mud? But Steve Squires, the project scientist, among others, has said, it can't be mud. I mean, have you heard some of the conversation about this? We heard a lot of conversation about it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Tell us. Um, some scientists were saying maybe because of the was or because of the the landing the landing site maybe because of the airbags but then some people said no it's maybe not because of the airbags maybe just because it's it's just like that it wasn't because of the airbags hmm. we heard lots of um, things and I don't actually remember things exactly hmm. now maybe Courtney has something sure. Some scientists thought it looked a little like wet sand on a beach. Of course, it's not wet sand on a beach. We wish. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. 
But others thought that maybe there was some type of crust on top of the surface, and then mm-hmm. the airbags oh, yeah. penetrated the crust, and what you're seeing now is actually what was underneath the soil crust. Oh, I see. There was a quote from Steve Squires thinking that maybe this had been permafrost and the, the moisture had basically evaporated out of it, but left that crusty soil, which I don't know about you guys, but I've seen that kind of thing here on Earth. Right? Yeah. As you look at the pictures uh, that are coming back, and you see that incredible maybe lake bed once upon a time on Mars. Does it remind you of anything that you've ever seen on Earth, or are there thoughts that uh, that, that come to mind as you look at that? Look out. No, no, yeah. I don't think so, because Mars and Earth have some, some similarities, but when I look at these pictures, you say, wow, this is this can be Earth. This is really Mars. Yeah. You, you look at the pictures and you think it's completely different. You yeah. know? It's not completely different, but you think, wow, this is pretty... Very, very, very different. Courtney, what, what runs through your mind? Is I you? haven't been to area, any areas like it, but I've seen some of the pictures the scientists have used to compare. Like pictures of places in Nevada and other deserts that mm-hmm. look a little similar. But like Raphael said, you look at the sky and the horizon and you see that that's red instead of blue. And then yeah. you realize, wow, this is actually Mars. <laughs> You know, I see, I come from out here in California, and neither of you has grown up anywhere near a desert, I guess. No. And, and so we certainly see the similarity, but then you look at that red, red soil, and you think, my God, this is the red planet. <laughs> we are almost out of time. I promise to give both of you a chance to say hello to folks back home, friends that we talked about earlier, maybe family. Courtney, why don't you go first, and uh, we'll, we'll give you a few seconds to say hi. Okay. I just want to say hi to Kate Bertrand, who told me about the contest in the first place, because if it weren't for Kate, I wouldn't be here having this amazing opportunity. And then hi to James and Kelsey and Mom and Dad and Nana and Papa and everyone else in my huge family for supporting (laughs) me. (laughs) Raphael, your turn. Okay, I'd like to say hi to my my mom, my dad, my brother, uh, my friends there in Brazil. They also gave me a lot of support in this contest. They were all pretty happy when when they discovered that I won. So I just wanted to say hi, that I'm, I'll soon be coming back, and we'll have a lot of fun. I'll tell them everything that happened, and that's it. Raphael, Courtney, we look forward to hearing more from you. Of course, people can read your daily journals on the Planetary Society website, planetary.org. I hope that there will be other things that will be just as exciting, uh, although it's hard to imagine anything as exciting as that landing on uh, Saturday the 3rd. Thanks so much for uh, joining us on this week's Planetary Radio. Thank Thank you. you. And we'll be back in just a moment with Bruce Betts and What's Up. As promised at the beginning of the show, when Bruce made an early visit with us, it's time for What's Up with Bruce Betts. Bruce, you're, uh, home. <laughs> you're at home again. You're recovering from Wild About Mars. I am. It was wild. And recovering from all of the exciting <laughs> Red Rover Goes to Mars things that are our project on the Mars Exploration Rover mission. So what do you have for us this week? What's up? Well, speaking of Mars, you can still see it. A lot dimmer than it used to be, but it's out there in the south at Oh, basically overhead, but either south or north, depending on your hemisphere, at dusk, reddish oranges setting around midnight. So take a look at that puppy and think about the spirit lander getting ready to rove around. We've got Venus, the brightest object up there at sunset, looking in the east, can't miss it, Saturn rising at sunset. This is about the brightest Saturn ever gets right now. It's just a little a couple weeks after its opposition. And uh, its rings are faced, are tilted almost as much as they get t- 
tilted towards the Earth, making it even brighter. So go out and look at Saturn. If you've got a telescope, take a look at it, because you'll get some nice ring viewing right about now. Jupiter is also rising around 9 or 10 p.m., and very bright. And Mercury, if you're up before dawn, is in the southeast. And for, if you're looking for a telescopic challenge, or if you're in a really dark site, a binocular challenge, or even naked eye if you're really, really dark and imagine things, Uranus <laughs> is one degree to the upper right of Venus on January 14th. Take a look. But Uranus is only barely visible uh, to the naked eye in a really dark site. You can do it in binoculars or certainly a small telescope. Which is why nobody found Uranus for a, a long, long time, uh, even after telescopes were discovered uh, right. or, or invented. Because now we know where to look for. Yep. On to this week in space history. On January 13th of 1610, Galileo discovered Ganymede, moon of Jupiter. We also had on January 16th of 1969 the first docking of two manned spacecraft. That would be Soyuz 5 and Soyuz 4. Which leads us to random space facts. Did you know, Matt? Well, you did. But do other people know? The Mars rover missions are operating on Mars time, and each Mars day is called a SOL, and it's about 24 hours and 40 minutes long. Party on. And and this is why our uh, friends Emily Lakdawalla and Steve Squires and others are wearing those funny little wristbands they've talked about on this show, which are uh, sort of keeping track of their vital signs uh, because they are living on Mars time at JPL. Now let's go on to our trivia contest. Last week we have the very hard-to-phrase question. That the <laughs> APXS, there was an APXS instrument on Mars Pathfinder, and there is an APXS instrument on the Mars Exploration Rovers. However, one of the letters in APXS stands for something different this time around. What's the difference? How'd we do, Matt? We did great. We're getting a lot of people uh, who entered this week who we've not heard from before. And I'd I'd love to think it's our wonderful new prize, the Planetary Radio (laughs) T-shirt. But I I think it's just that the Society is getting a lot of traffic on the website, thanks, of course, to all the excitement about uh, the Mars Exploration Rover. But whatever the reason, we have a lot of uh, entries this week. And uh, our winner, in case you're curious, Bruce, Janice DeBerg. Janice, Janice DeBerg says it's pronounced pretty much like it's spelled, and she lives in uh, Dyke, Iowa, D-I-K-E, Dyke, Iowa. Janice, you are the winner, only the second one in all of recorded history of a uh, planetary radio T-shirt. Janice's answer was that the P stands for particle on the Spirit rover, on the Sojourner, the P stands for proton. That is indeed true. Now it is the alpha particle, X-ray spectrometer, a little different design, same people, same basic instrument, but a little different focus of part of the instrument. Janice Bird, that sounds so familiar. Hmm. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? All right. How about on to our new question? What was the first artificial object to hit Mars? The first artificial object to hit Mars. How will the, everybody get those entries into us? Go to planetary.org slash radio, and you'll learn how to enter our magical contest and compete for the unbelievable Planetary Radio T-shirt. So come on down, and while you're there, check out all the other spiffy features on planetary.org covering the Mars missions and the Planetary Society's role on them. Yeah, have a good time while you're visiting, and do try to get those entries in by Thursday noon, that specific time, which is where we happen to do the show. Janice DeBurke, I have no idea who she is, except that she's our winner. Well, I actually know exactly who she is. Oh, you do? 
<laughs> he will be one of our student astronauts later in the mission. Did I knew I'd seen the name, and I didn't know why. Well, there you go. She's sort of a double winner now, folks. But uh, I guess we'll be hearing from her, from Janice, as we talk to uh, all of the remaining student astronauts, we hope, as they come into town. There you go. So, everyone, look up in the night sky and think about how nice it is to be healthy. You know, if you are. Think about what it would be like to be healthy if you're not. Or if you just don't want to think about this at all, just think about puppies because it's always good fallback. Thank you. Good night. And that's Bruce Betts, the director of projects for the Planetary Society, a man who knows the meaning of the show must go on. Mark Adler, Mars Exploration Rover Mission Manager for Cruise, Entry, Descent, and Landing, will be our guest next time on Planetary Radio. Join us for the latest news from Spirit on the Red Planet. Have a great week, everyone.